1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Invoking Witchcraft. I am Britton, one of your co-hosts, and you can find me on Instagram and the Twitter machine at Archaic Honey. Hi, Jay.
0: Hi. Hello, everybody. You know who I am. This is Jay, also known as at Oregon Woodwitch on the Instagrams and all the other platforms, but I really don't hang out in those places. So <laughs> you can find me on the IG. Welcome back to Invoking Witchcraft. How are you doing, Britton?
1: Doing pretty good. Just hanging out. There were some flurries in the air this morning.
0: So it's the been cool. Is in full is in full go right now. Yeah. How are you doing? Good. Pretty much the same. We got some rain over here, which is wonderful. Really liking that. Um, we also have some, a, a bit of, I don't know, additional information to add on to our last podcast that we just did on gatekeeping. But, but But before we do that, I'm going to remember how to speak. And then we're going to invite on our wonderful guest, who I'm very excited to have here today because we want his opinion on everything. Um, So we are going to bring in Mr. James Stewart, also known as the Conjure Cleaner on Instagram. Hello, James. How are you doing? Hey, Jay. Hey, Britton. Thanks for having me. Very excited to have you here and kind of get to get your take on everything because... You know, a lot of people post things about how they're feeling about the community or or what direction we might be going in or advice or whatever it is. And a lot of the times I find it's just kind of hot takes that people are dropping for likes and clicks and things like that. But when you come on the Internet and you are like, hey, we all need to talk about something there's wisdom there. Like you always have very wise, intelligent things to say about kind of the state of our community, what you are seeing happening around us. And so I definitely want your input on a lot of this. So thank you for providing that on social media. We really appreciate it.
2: Mm-hmm. Thank you.
0: And I, I want to say like,
2: I was, I had so many things and, and, and stuff saved in drafts that I'm just like, no, I'm not going to post that. Or I'm not going to say that. Um, Speaking on hot takes, one thing I've realized is a lot of hot takes that, like, you see, like, people just spewing, like, you know, if you're not doing this, you're not a real spiritualist, and da 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 da. And it's not just in spirituality, it's across the board, but usually it's somebody who, oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes is speaking on something that they're doing themselves or have done in the past, and they're trying to distance themselves from that behavior. So if they see it in other people and call it out publicly, it's like this, like, I am creating a greater distance from mm-hmm. that thing. It's like the the pastor who's cheating on his wife or is secretly, you know, homosexual and then louds about like adultery and being homophobic. And it's like, it's it's the same behavior. And it's weird to see it in social media, especially in the spiritual community, because you're like, two years ago, you were doing the same thing, but now you're like fire and brimstone about it. So I see that and I'm like, okay, okay, girl, like get your likes, like get your whatever. But like, you don't, it's a choice that that approach is always a choice. And I don't think it's always necessary to like, you know, shake your finger at everybody when it's like, you're human too. And you're susceptible for the same mistakes that we are like. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those hot takes
0: are just hot takes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
2: So Jay,
1: you wanted to touch a little bit on our gatekeeping episode and we wanted to talk briefly about some areas um, of gatekeeping. What were you going to
0: share? I do have one, but I, I do want to go back to what James just said because I think that is so important to point out. And it's something that um, someone actually posted the other day. They're like, a lot of these hot takes are just people realizing how the world works <laughs> and they go. And I'm like, absolutely. But then on... Uh, kind of another form of it. I really love a woman named Nadia Bowles Weber, who, who talks a lot about kind of, I mean, she's a pastor, so she has a certain spin on it, but she talks about the same thing about this kind of scapegoat tendencies that if we can dump our sins onto somebody else and then like kill them or, or shun them or banish them, then, then we feel relieved ourselves. Like, Oh, we've, we've banished the evil by putting our crap onto somebody else and then making an example of them. And she often says that that feels good in the way that peeing your pants feels warm for a minute. She's like, <laughs> it only lasts a moment. And then you realize that you're sitting there covered in your own <laughs> whatever. And, you know, we're, we're a very pee positive podcast, but in that case, probably <laughs> not so much. So I do think that you make a really excellent point there. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> not the pee your pants. For sure. Um, But yeah, so as Britton was talking about, we just finished doing our gatekeeping podcast, which we believe if everything goes well in the cyber timeline, this is the episode that comes out right after that. Um, And we realized that we forgot kind of two major ones. As soon as we clicked out of it, we were like, ah, damn. Um, So we wanted to come back and touch on these real quick. And one of the forms of gatekeeping that I wanted to talk about real quick is this sort of medical gatekeeping that we see happening in the spiritual community where it's, you know, oh, if you take medication or need to, you know, take medicine or if you receive a vaccine or anything like that, then you're not a real witch or it's going to lower your vibration, or it's going to close your third eye if you get vaccinated against a deadly disease, or um, things like that. So, so, we see that a lot when it comes to medical things and gatekeeping that people don't feel that they can go together. And that's something that I find is, is very dangerous because I hear a lot of people come and tell me that some of these very well known, you know, spiritual, witchy gurus have told them to go off their medication. And depending on what you're on, just stopping your medication can be a really, really bad thing. And we also have to remember that your favorite spiritual gurus and healers and whatnot are not medical doctors. And that's something that I think we really need to keep in mind when it comes to taking medical advice from the spiritual community a lot of the time.
1: Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Yeah. And as a person who struggles with mental health and is medicated, uh, I did recently have a person tell me to come off my medication. I was just like, have you seen bipolar mania? (laughs) It's not not fun. It's not fun. It's not good for my body. But uh, one of the gatekeeping things that I wanted to touch on and I had forgotten to share in that episode was uh, repackaged recovery programs for addiction. Uh, What I have seen a lot of is people going through an addiction recovery program and then they turn it around and they try to profit off of it by doing one-on-one recovery consultations. And a lot of it, what I have noticed is repackaged 12-step program, which is free recovery should be free for everyone if they Mm -hmm. choose it. So if you are struggling in active addiction and you're looking for help, do avoid those people who are just repackaging 12-step programs with a price tag. It's just not its just not a good look and it's not a good thing and it's not helpful for a community or folks who are struggling with addiction thinking they need to pay to recover. So yeah, if you're struggling, just look out for free recovery programs. They're everywhere. They're everywhere in your community. Even if you live in a small rural town like mine, uh, there is recovery available for me for free. So that's just something to keep in mind. And it's if y'all are out there p- charging for a recovery program, recovery services. It's just repackaged 12 step. You should probably stop. It's not not good.
2: No, it's wild. It's wild. What's like. I like this explosion of spirituality that we're in and people are like, there's so many things that are going uh unchecked and like it's not like we have like a board of people who are going to be like oh you're a verified spiritualist and you're not or you're a verified voodoo practitioner or uh whatever like in a lot of these paths there's no it doesn't look the same the verification (laughs) process doesn't look the same so a lot of with the explosion of it there's like these people popping up saying whatever and having a lot of people kind of fucked up like the whole um I saw a tweet the other day that was like this spiritualist saying that she wasn't going to take on clients that were vaccinated and that she felt like their vibration was too low for her or like doing work on them was uh, against her, her ethics. And I was just like, where are we, where are we with this stuff? Like that it's, it's one thing to choose for yourself to not take the vaccine. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not in that fight and I'm not going to like, I, but to say that you're as a spiritualist not going to work with people who take the vaccine, it's like we're we're in a weird place right now with all of this, and a lot of people are uh, more in the like confusing part of the woods than they
0: think they are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think that that's. Um... A lot of kind of the main reason why we wanted to have you on here was because we are in such a weird space in the community where just anything goes. It's kind of the wild west around here, and we need yeah, we yeah. need more voices of reason in this community right now. I think that's going to mm-hmm. be important. Um, but first, I, I think we should let everybody kind of get to know you. We're diving in really fast because we really want to get your takes on things. Um, but, but let's let's kind of start with some some of our preliminary. Questions. One that I like to ask simply because it's very open ended and I really like to see what people come back with is um, how do you identify? Um,
2: I like that question and I like <laughs> that you leave it open ended. Um, so I am a hoodoo practitioner, a root worker, a conjurer, um, a tarot reader, a gay black man from North Carolina. I, I'm proud of each of those titles and each of those roles that I fill and each of those communities that I touch mm-hmm. and intersect and exist in and kind of gravitate towards. It's a weird, I'm not going to like dive into this deeply, but like it's a weird week for the queer community. I feel like, with again, this is not what this episode's about, but like the whole, as we're recording the whole. Dave Chappelle special, blah, 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 is in like the headlines. And then Monday was national coming out day. And I'm just seeing like weird, like um, weird, queer takes on like, oh, well, I found it funny or, oh, I don't see the purpose of coming out. And I do. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. I do see
2: the purpose of coming out. I don't know if that's like a, I don't want to say like, it's not a newer generation thing. It's not, it's a um, it's a people aligning themselves with homophobia, but like, trying to do a pick me, like, oh, pick me. I'm I'm one of the good ones. I'm one of the like, you know, whatevers. And I hate those takes and they're dangerous. And it's still important for people to come out, it's still important for people to exist in their truth. Even if it's uncomfortable for people who uh, say that, oh, you don't need to come out. You don't need to say that you're, you know, whatever you're, however you identify, it's important to exist in that space. and share it with the world because people who are afraid to be themselves will continuously see that and say, well, you came out that made me feel more comfortable to come out and however you identify. So I, we're not in the space of the world where like, you can just assume that anybody is anything Mm -hmm. because the assumption still is that most people are cisgendered and straight. And like, that's the working assumption of the world. So until more people continuously step in their truth we're not at this like you know point yet so there's more work to be done and uh it's just a this week felt like a very like oh yeah there's we're not there yet we're not Mm. Mm.
1: amen yeah yeah
0: you you make so many good points there Uh, well and I think uh, like and I, I kind of love this idea of kind of like, you know, this in a utopia world, we wouldn't have to come out. And it's like, that's great, but that's not happening. Like, Uh you know, we're not there yet. Like we're not in that place yet. And so I think it's important to, I I think a lot of the times people throw away where we actually are for where they want us to be. Mm -hmm. And the world is changing so rapidly, especially with, you know, the internet and everything that's been involved, everything is changing so quickly and people are having trouble keeping up. And then if they don't keep up, then they get trampled and are like, Oh, you're not with us. And it it turns into a big thing. I've been looking at social media lately, (laughs) every morning I log in and it's like a wasteland with shit burning down and people screaming. And I'm just like another day online.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, Insanity, and some days it's like, oh, I'm gonna put that down and, and come back to it when I have a little more <laughs> bandwidth to handle it.
0: Mm-hmm. For
2: sure. I'm yeah,
1: sure. taking social media breaks is kind of like an it's a necessity, especially if you're a person like you, James, and Jay, creating content, sharing things with folks, trying to educate and whatnot. Because, yeah, you just get like overwhelmed with so much.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, after the Facebook whistleblower thing happened and then Zuckerberg hit the like emergency lockdown on like Facebook and Instagram <laughs> and they just went away for a couple of days. That was really nice. <laughs> I was like, It was, like,
2: <laughs> it was, it was oh, a little God. vacation. <laughs> it
0: was. They just too, they just rescued. What was it? Like those people who had been lost at sea for like 26 days or whatever. And they're like, how was it? And they were like, it was a nice break. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I'm like i bet uh, it was
0: wow it was, yeah yeah oh, gosh. Wow.
1: so um one question that i love to ask our guests and i'm always very curious about is and if you're willing to share is what is your astrology
2: mm-hmm. uh my my top three are all taurus i'm a triple taurus oh wow concentrate. yeah i'm basically a rock
0: Oh my gosh. I love that. No, one of my best friends Z from over at a uh, ghost and host podcast is also a triple Taurus. And let me tell you, I fuck with Taurus. Like we like <laughs> hang out all the time. Most of my friends are either other Aries people or Taurus.
1: Yes. yes. I love Taurus yeah. energy. I mm-hmm. need it. I need Taurus people around me because I am like a quadruple Aries and I just got way too much fire.
2: oh that's awesome it's funny like not too many zodiacs that like touch each other I feel like but like I love Aries and I like Gemini like the neighbors like not too many people are like you know cool with their neighbors but I'm like yeah Aries like every now and then it's like will remind me that I'm running late and that's the only time we have issues but other than that like yeah I'm down to party I'm down to start shit I'm down to set stuff on fire let's do it you know, and then Gemini's like, you you got a crazy idea. How can we support that with something uh, sustainable and reliable? Like, how can we, you know, make that happen? I love your craziness. It's, yeah, mm-hmm, that's exactly. a good thing.
1: A lot of people like to shit talk on the Gemini's, but my partner's a Gemini, and I just love their energy. Like, I have all the ideas, and I'm like thinking
0: I'm the boss or the leader or whatever, and they're just like, "Yep, go do it." Yeah, (laughs) I got you. Someone once I saw this thing, it cracked me up so much. They're like, "Describe your zodiac using a different zodiac," and my favorite one was (laughs) um, Aries, Taurus, but faster. (laughs) And I was like. (laughs) <laughs> right yeah 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 like I'm gonna do
2: what I'm gonna do and I'm gonna do it now
0: <laughs> but y'all know how to live as as tourist people y'all y'all know how to do life you know there's a charcuterie board somewhere involved and I'm like yes you guys have got it figured out really it's yeah yeah <laughs> it's religious it's like
2: denied my senses how dare you
0: <laughs> right. How how could I do something like yeah. that? Uh, now something we also always want to know is kind of like um, you know, when did you realize that magic was real? Like when did this all kind of begin for you?
2: I always like everybody's like, I always believed in magic. Um I I remember like in want to say like third or fourth grade like we were learning about like ancient deities. And I was like, oh, I wonder, like a spell came to me. And I was like, I wrote it down. And I remember I was like so happy with myself because I would like repeat it. And I'd always get what I wanted when I repeated it. I had no clue what I was reading or what I was doing. And then um, I didn't start practicing until I was like 13. I found a book in my sister's dresser drawer. And I'm not ashamed to admit this. It was a book on Wicca, and the reason I'm not ashamed to admit this, even though I don't like, I don't really fuck with Wicca and anymore. But like, I'm not ashamed to admit this because at that time there was this is back in 2003, I think. I'm 30. There was no like national conversation on Hoodoo, and Black people, Black families were not talking about it. Um, There was no like, there was. Maybe, maybe if your family openly practiced it within its unit, there were talks about it. Um, It might have been just called the work, but my family, we grew up in Worldwide Church of God, and um, there was no talking about anything outside of that. So uh, finding that little, like, I guess, side door into the spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. was how I got in and then um I it just helped me to get into the room like it Mm -hmm. helped me get into the Mm -hmm. realm into the world of spirituality and magic and um I learned about hoodoo probably around 17 and then um I didn't start taking my practice seriously because for a long time I was just like oh how can I how can I make something happen how can I make you know get the things that I want I saw it for a long time as just like a way to get what you want. Mm -hmm. And then when life would become too like, you know, tangled up because I wasn't, uh, I wasn't respecting the practice for it being a practice and um, really a way of living. uh, I would always get in some sort of bind where I'd manifest a bunch of mess. And then I'd run to church. I'd like be like, I'm going to throw my books away. I'm going to throw my oils away and I'm going to go to church and I'm going to get saved again. And we're going to fix all of this. And then after a couple of months, I'd be like, well, I'm tired of this church. I'm going to go back to, let me go back to this store down here and see what they have and, and maybe get a reading with this person. And, and eventually my ancestors were like, we're tired of you running and yo-yoing back and forth. You need to take this seriously. I like, I found a teacher, not great one, but I found a teacher and learned a lot from them uh good and bad and then um i really started taking my practice seriously like in my early like 22 ish is mm-hmm. when i like was consistent about like uh working with my ancestors and pouring more into understanding my family learning where hoodoo was in my family and uh that's when i got like more consistent with it hmm mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I noticed for a lot of us, uh, the entryway is that Wicca book, you know, like Scott Uh Cunningham or something like that. It's the entry point for us because it was the same for me as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, especially in that time period, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s, when we were all kind of getting started on this, there was nothing but Wicca. Like that was yeah. that was what witchcraft was, is Wicca and witchcraft were the same word. And it took us a long time to kind of untangle those two from one another um, right. that I'm still having trouble with on occasion. But I love that you bring that up. And I was actually thinking about this this morning and kind of yesterday as well, about how many people really did start in Wicca even if now they're doing something very different like you know you and I are doing very different things in Wicca right now and you know so is Britain um but remembering where we came from you know like this is what started it for us so like I'm not going to have Wicca be like what started me in the craft and then turn around and shit all over it because <laughs> like it's not popular on social media anymore and so like I think it's or important. like
2: lie and create some imaginary narrative of like oh I've been practicing since Like, no, my family didn't talk about that. And that's important for me to acknowledge because like, I understand where, like now I trace back to like, when did my family step into this church? And like, how does that shape my ancestral understanding and my relationship? How does it shape my relationship with the Bible? Cause it's like, if I'm trying to understand the truth of my family and my magic and my ancestors, I have to acknowledge that. And I have to, I'm not gonna, uh, shame myself for how I learned about magic, because otherwise I'd still be in the church too. I'd still be like, you know, Mm -hmm. worldwide church of God out.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You know, it's interesting. We have a similar story like that. I I mean, at least if I'm understanding correctly, I learned a lot of magic that it wasn't spoken about directly through my Mm -hmm. church. And when I grew up in the South and yeah, there were like, you know, elderly ladies clearing out spirits and praying in tongues right. and blessing you and all of that stuff. And yeah, that's just really interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not seen in that way at all. It's
1: no. Like, you know, Yeah.
0: This is in the name of God
2: and that's that. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So interesting. I, this is why I love folk magic is because it's so many things at once too like it can be in the church but it's also it it is the christian thing but it's also not the christian thing and it's like it's 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 a big paradox and i think that's what makes it so beautiful but also so powerful at the same Mm -hmm. time i love it i love it so one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on is because kind of like what we were talking earlier about was kind of this changing landscape in the community everything that's been going on and and a lot of us are facing very similar struggles right now. And so I think we'll um, see if we can get your, your take or maybe your advice on some of this. Um, and when we talked earlier, um, you had mentioned a few things that you, that you maybe wanted to discuss as well. And I think one of the first ones to talk about and what we've been covering a lot lately is things like um, scammers, and energy vampires and people out here just trying to use other people. Is this something that you've um been coming in contact with within the community or, or having a time with? God girl,
2: let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I keep hiding. This is why I keep like taking breaks because I'm just like, maybe if I like disrupt the rhythm of how I'm appearing in places, like I'll lose them. But no, it's like I, I feel like the scammer profiles are reminders that we are not supposed to get comfortable in social media. Um, mm. I remember which Dr. Alex, who had a big following on Instagram, um, his profile, he lost his profile because this was like two years ago. He had scammer profiles. They kept popping up and he was like, please report them. Please report them. And he always take a screenshot and be like, this isn't me. Uh, please report them. And then eventually somebody or multiple people, accidentally reported his actual profile and Instagram took that profile down. And he was like, you know what? I'm not coming back. I, Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna. And I felt like, Oh my God, he needs to come back. Like at the time. And then I was like, no, that's the right choice. Like he's, he's built a name for himself in this digital platform. He's done what he's needed to do here. Um, he's still on Twitter, but like it made me realize, yeah, at some point, I'm going to look back and think, okay, that was like what it was for then. But this is going to evolve into something else. And I need to be ready for that. And these scammer profiles, I feel like are just reminders. Like this isn't mine. This is not my, pay. I'm like, I built it. I made it, but like this platform isn't mine. And I have to be mindful of like, how am I going to transfer into the next thing? Otherwise the next thing is going to, you know, kick us off and spit us into it. And, um, it's always better to, you know, make preparations in advance, which I'm trying to do, but um, like I'm trying to find ways to do more of the community around me and be set up that I'm, you know, able to k- plug in and connect to Durham, the city that I live in, versus um, Instagram, which could kick me off at any second. And then the energy vampires and all that shit, excuse me, I'm just like. This this year, this year of after the pandemic, or we're still in the pandemic, but like after the initial like 2020 uh, start of the pandemic, um, unearthed so much stuff for people. Like you tell people to stay in the house for, I don't know how long we were on lockdown. What, a month like or a two? Like a year. <laughs> well, it was supposed to be, but like yeah. the mandates, force people to stay inside for like however long and somehow just hitting the pause button on everything made everybody unearth all these things like oh you know the country has to unearth all these things that we had just been like going along with for so long and now it's like yeah you can't run away from your work your whatever you want to call it your shadow work your inner monster whatever it is you have to face it and like us as spiritualists We're like, yeah, we do this all the time. We always have to face ourselves. Like, that's how you make stuff move. Like, any practice, we have to always face our our lower selves in order. We have to face our left hand and our right hand in order to make stuff move. So we're used to this stuff. But the world at large is like, I don't want to face this. So they're looking at us or people who are doing their work is like, how do I I get that? Or how do I? Like, they don't want to do it for themselves. They want to latch on to people who are. And that's what we're facing, all this like people who finally have had to face darker parts of themselves or finally have had to ask these hard questions about themselves and their lives, um, are lashing out at people who have been and are making sense of the it's like, yeah, I, I can keep a cool head because I'm real with myself. Like I I'm I'm not gonna lie to myself, but people who have been like, you know, stuck in these lies about themselves are really struggling and um it, they're they're down bad as they say mm-hmm.
1: yeah. yeah it's like they're looking for a way to transform themselves through another person so they latch yeah. on and it's it's really frustrating like all you yeah. have to do is just turn shake hands with your shadow integrate that shit
2: <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like and no matter how much you're like holding the mirror for them to be like, this is what you have to work on. Like they're like, but, um, no, (laughs) (laughs) but no,
0: I don't want to. Right. Instead of doing the work, I'm simply going to imitate somebody who has done the work. Yeah. And hopefully that will be the same thing. Uh If I act like this person who has it figured out, then, then hopefully that means I have it too. right? Right, Right. Right. Yeah. Fake it till you make it doesn't always work. Yeah. Got to, got to do it at some point for sure. And I love the way that you put that, like that the scammers are here to remind us not to get comfortable here, because I think that is so important. And that, that just healed a bunch of stuff for me just hearing you say that. Cause I'm like, ah, that is so right. That is so correct. I think. Yes. And even those exchanges that get on our nerves of
2: like uh, people projecting onto us mm -hmm. and when we're in social media and it's like, you want to do this in the real world. Like you want to come up to me and say mess like that in the real world. Or you want to try me like this in the real world. And it's like, yeah, I'm not supposed to get comfortable here. Like this isn't a, mm. it's a great place. Like we've learned a lot, we've connected in great ways, but it's like,
0: I'm not supposed to put my weight here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To relax in this. This is not where we're supposed to unpack, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes.
0: Oh. I love that. I love that. And I think too, one of the things that we run into when it comes to kind of this energy vampire thing, like you're talking about, like, you know, trying to either like mimic other people or kind of like ride the coattails of other people really mm-hmm. comes from something that I think we've all experienced, which is this idea of kind of like imposter syndrome, like it, well, if I'm not doing it right, or I don't feel like I'm doing it right, then I can pretend to be someone else who is doing it right too.
2: Right. Which is wild to me because I've realized this year and previously like imposter syndrome is great when it comes up because it's a opening to be like okay what do i need to work on because obviously i don't believe in myself here so i maybe it's i don't feel like i know enough right when it's come up for me in my craft it's been like oh maybe i don't know enough biblical knowledge maybe i need to dive in deeper maybe i need to like do an actual bible study for myself to like relook at the bible through this hoodoo lens okay cool and then that imposter syndrome leads me down a path of like learning more. Oh, maybe I don't know enough about the plants around me. Maybe I should learn about the plants around me. But instead, people are like, maybe I'm just going to keep acting like I know more because like they just paint over it instead of being like, no, stand it down <laughs> and redo what you need to do. Because that imposter syndrome came from somewhere and it's not always a negative. Sometimes it's just, yeah, you should be more confident. But other times it's maybe you could refine or deepen your whatever, whatever, so that you can stand a little taller and like, yeah, I know more about this.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, I love that. That's such a great new for me perspective on imposter syndrome, because I deal with that like Mm -hmm. all the time. I recently wrote a book and I like when I first approached it, I was just like, who am I? What am I doing? why did they ask me to do this? And for me, like for me, it was, um, you know, I like surrendered myself to my higher power, you mm-hmm. know, to be able to do the work and like gave it over to them and they were able to guide me. But I love how you like, it's a learning experience. Like you get to turn yeah. this into a teachable moment where you're like, yeah, maybe I don't know enough about plant medicine. Maybe I will like dive deeper into that and learn a thing. That's awesome. I
2: also want to say that. The, I think the important thing is me checking where the imposter syndrome is coming from. If it's coming from me, then I'm like, okay, this is time for me to dive deeper. If it's coming from a projection external from me, then I have to stop and ask myself, wait a minute, am I? I, I never positioned myself as the end-all, be-all, know-it-all of voodoo. So if somebody's projecting onto me and thinking that I'm supposed to know like exactly how people were doing fire magic in the 1700s, I never said that I knew all that. So like, I have to remind myself of like, I only said that I'm this. I said that I'm a practitioner who's been practicing for like over 10 years. I never said that I you know, am a 300 year old practitioner who knows the entire history of my path. So like, if it's coming external from me, I have to be like, no, I said I'm this. Mm -hmm. But if it's coming internal, then it's like, oh, well, it's time for me to dive deeper. Cause like, it's, it gets confusing. And it's like social media, they will throw that projection on you all day long. If you say you are a practitioner of anything, people will expect you to know A to Z of it. And it's like, no, I just said that I'm a practitioner and um, I'm learning about my craft. That's it. Like I'm, that doesn't mean that I'm a historian. That doesn't mean that I'm a, you know, whatever, whatever. Uh, now, you
0: know, but that also has never been related to who do ever
2: like, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so I always have to check, like, where is this imposter syndrome coming from? Is it coming from here or is it coming from there?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds a lot like being able to check our boundaries around this stuff, because okay. I noticed with like new witches and new folks coming to spiritual practices or like witchcraft and folk magic. They see this aesthetic, on Instagram and they're like oh I need to buy the tools I need to amass all the trinkets in order to have the aesthetic to make it look like I'm doing the thing
2: right Mm -hmm. and that'll mess you up too that's like then you think it's like it's exactly what these big companies are um I don't know they just want us to buy more whenever they step into like the spirituality game it's like That's what they want. They want you to buy more and they want you to always feel like you don't have enough. You don't have enough stuff on your altar. You don't have enough books on your shelf. You need to buy more. You need to, you know, wear this. Oh, you're not wearing, you know, uh, a hood or whatever. Mm -hmm. You need to have this aesthetic. And uh, it's if you if you're not checking those boundaries, like you said, then you're going to keep thinking, well, yeah, I need to continuously add
0: more. I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. I'm
2: not doing enough.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love the way that you talk about in, imposter syndrome as kind of a as as, as sort of a, a check engine light, you know, that kind of like it comes on, like, oh, hey, you know, I'm feeling this thing suddenly. So I might need to to go and look at that and see what it might mm-hmm. be about, where it's coming from, what areas are affecting it. And I think a lot of people too want so badly to be an advanced practitioner. And like, I'm seeing people who are like 30 calling themselves elders. And I'm like, no, we need to not with that because everyone wants to be so much further ahead than, than they might be. And so the idea of when you get something like imposter syndrome, or kind of like this idea of kind of like, oh, maybe I don't know enough about plant magic or the Bible or something like that, like you're talking about, Mm -hmm. we often need to take several steps back in order to then move forward, because we need to go back, get something and then go forward. But that idea of yeah. needing to go back is such an ego bruiser. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you might need to go back and relearn something, you might need to go back and do this better, or whatever it is, that can be so hard for people a lot of the times to go back to basics. Yeah, because it counters
2: everything that social media teaches us, which mm-hmm. is you always need to have a perfected or finalized something to share you always need to be like you know uh polished and learning is not it's when you're learning something it's messy and you have to humble yourself and you have to um realize oh I didn't know that and that's not fun that's not (laughs) it's not fun to realize oh my god I didn't know this or I I had no idea about this um you just have to sit in that state of like humbling yourself and allowing information to flow to you
1: Mm -hmm. yeah that's humility is something that i feel really lacks in the witchcraft and like folk magic community and having Mm -hmm. to like retrace your steps and go backwards isn't glamorous you know like having to admit that oh maybe i don't know everything
0: Uh yeah Mm -hmm. that's beautiful Really important. And I feel you too. When people think that you're like an expert on a topic, you know, I wrote a book about, you know, American style, brujeria, and suddenly I'm on podcasts and people are like, well, what about this thing that happened in Mexico in 1772? And I'm like, no idea what that is. But <laughs> like, uh, Right. We're not so historians. It, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, right. I put everything I knew into this book. So if it's not in there, I have no idea.
2: Like, right. Yeah. It's like, Oh, well you're supposed to know everything on this subject and it's like is that what the book says it says this is what I know about this right here
0: yeah and it's like and who could ever know everything on a subject like even people who have been doing this for you know decades and decades and decades still learn new stuff there there is never a bottom of the barrel that you reach where you've just finished Witchcraft or magic. (laughs) (laughs) Great, I won this. Awesome, (laughs) I get to write my name. I finished. I'm done. Here's my here's my paper. (laughs) Thank you. Uh,
1: Right. Yeah. So. That's a really good point to move into our next question is, um, with this internet culture of folk magic and witchcraft, a lot of people feel this pressure to turn their practice into a brand or a product line. Do you think this is necessary? You know, that people start their practice and they're like, Oh, well, I am now going to offer candle magic, you know, or something like that when they've only been, you know, practicing for a few years or something.
2: No. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, because I I am thankful for the way that I'm built in a weird way that like um there have been I've made a lot of mistakes, even even in having teachers. Like I've made some mistakes of like, oh I get a teacher and then I ignore the red flags about them and then I have to um learn my way through a situation. There's a lot of things that like when you open your practice up to the public and you want to start doing works for people or you want to share your spiritual practice with the world, um there are a lot of mistakes that not everybody is built to handle, and they can be very dangerous um and I'm just really fortunate to like in hindsight be like, Oh yeah, I guess I'm meant for this because like in some of the pitfalls are heavy. Like I remember, um, I had a client that booked me for a candle lighting of a road opener. Pretty easy. And, um, at the time I wasn't, I was just like, Oh, it's just simple candle lighting. I'm not going to charge for reading. Now I'm like, You can't book a candle lighting with me unless you book an initial reading. And it's a small one, but like, it's, let me just pull cards on the situation before I light a candle so that I can know what's really going on at the time. I was like, yeah, just write your petition and I'll light the prayer candle for you Asked to open the road that she could move back to America because her family, um, something happened. And I was like, yeah, sure. Cool. I light the candle and at the bottom of the candle, I see the face of a spirit, and I'm like, that's weird. What's going on here? And then the email I get back is like, oh yeah, um, someone in my family practices gin magic, and I, I think that they might have uh, sent it towards my family. And I was like, so I asked a friend, and they're like, yeah. Um, the fact that the, the that you saw the face meant that that spirit has now acknowledged you as a part of the situation, so you have to, you know work to remove the spirit. And I'm like, oh, well, great. Well, great, great, great. Like, that's one of the dangers of like when you open yourself up to the public, you don't know all the time. And I learned in that moment of, oh yeah, I have to do divination before I do work. Otherwise, I don't know what I'm always stepping into. And mm-hmm. not everybody is built for that stuff. We, it looks great online. It looks glamorous. But mm-hmm. those are the stories that a lot of people aren't putting out. And people aren't putting out, you know, the days where you're decompressing from spiritual work and you go through what feels like a depression, but that's just a natural, like heaviness that comes with the work. Sometimes it's like, yeah, this is my process. And no, I'm not going to be going out. You know, I can't meet up with friends because I'm like, I'm letting something move through. I'm letting stuff move through my spirit and move out so -hmm. that I can get back to my norm. People are learning. And, um, it's, it's not for everyone and i think the trend will tell like you know this isn't for everyone that like you know not everybody is supposed to make candles not everybody's supposed to do readings not everybody's supposed to do whatever whatever but um to answer that question no i <laughs> think you should wait i think um if you can find a good teacher find one and an emphasis on good teacher because there's a lot of teachers, but, um, and age doesn't matter. Like you could find somebody who is well in their sixties and is ready to scam the mess out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's about letting your spirits show you, you know, like, and put the weight on your spirits, put the weight on your ancestors that like, if this is the right person for me, I need all the green flags. I need all the, like, Yes, 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 yes. No question about it. Um, Yeah.
0: I think that's such an important story that you just told too, because people, people really think that, you know, it just goes like that, you know, that we get a petition, we light a candle and it's done and we make money and we're, Uh you know, and they, they see people like us doing this work and don't realize how intense it is like um, my friend Daphne, who who is an HSA, um, she posted a story very similar to yours where she like didn't do a reading first and she was just doing like a simple cleansing candle for somebody. Mm-hmm. And she had pictures of the candle that like the glass turned black, but it didn't just turn black. It turned black in the shape of a motherfucking devil oh with my like gosh hands and shit it was the most terrifying thing i've ever seen and then yeah. it exploded like in her yeah. hand like after, oh my god after it was done burning she went to go pick it up and it exploded and cut the crap out of her and ah. she like she's like this could have been really really bad she's like this is why we have to approach this work in a certain way especially when we're doing it for other people people we don't know and that happens a lot too where i'll be working with somebody and they're like oh like I just need like a simple cleansing. I just got a little bad luck. And you're like, okay, cool. And then like you pull some cards and you're like, okay, what are you not telling me? They're like, oh yeah. Also my ex-boyfriend's Tia is a Bruha and like maybe wants me dead. And I'm like, okay, that would have been good to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a while ago. <laughs> so absolutely. But it's something that I'm seeing in the community a lot is people looking to very quickly either make a brand or to monetize their work like right out of the gate. I see people who are like, I've been doing this two weeks. This is my new like shop name. And this is what I'm offering or people being like, I just took this workshop. And now a day later, I'm selling what I learned in this workshop. And it's like, you don't need to sit with it for a minute or or practice it a minute or (laughs) like the fact that people are, are flipping it so quick into making money. And I think kind of the internet and social media has really put a lot of pressure on people that, you know, are you really a witch? If you don't have a following, are you a witch? If you don't do this full time as your business, or if you don't have a podcast or you haven't written a book, like there's this weird thing that's like, okay, there's a certain point in my path where I'm supposed to write a book or start a podcast. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, no, that's not, that's not a checkpoint in this. (laughs) No, 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 (laughs) no. I saw someone who, um,
2: and I was like that I saw someone, um, doing readings and I was like, Oh, this is, it made me just realize the aesthetic is like spreading. And, um, there were a ton of thirst traps on the page. And like, I, I clicked on one of the readings just to see like, okay, maybe, maybe whatever. And it was like, pull a card, hold on. Um, So you guys see this card. It's, uh, it's so-and-so and and reading the definition out of the book. And I'm like, no, love, no, let's, let's wait. Even if it's just a live reading online, let's wait until we know our cards before we, uh, you know, do a reading for anyone else in the world. Like, let's just uh, not run to get a brand and run to like be on or be a celebrity's reader or celebrities, practitioner i think like a few years back it was just like everybody gold rush and i was just like i'm so glad that like in hindsight i had opportunities coming my way and i'm so glad that my ancestors shut those doors for me because i'm like to be on in that way um is a not everybody's ready for that even if you are doing what you're supposed to do at that time in your craft you know that's it It just means something different and um it's it's not something that people should sprint towards like that's not the point of this
1: right taking really slow steps to to do it like opening your work up to the public and doing work for others i remember a long Long, long time ago, Biddy Tarot, which is like one of the top tarot websites on the internet, they had a program where you could read for free for whoever. And it was a really cool program. And I read for free for about three years before I ever offered a paid reading. And then even then, I was only offering paid readings like on the DL and not really letting people know about it because I wanted to like make sure I was getting good feedback and making sure I was connecting with my spirits to be able to like get the correct information and whatnot. And then it was l- much later on that I finally like branched out and went public with it. And even now I'm, I'm not offering readings currently, but yeah, taking those slow steps into it and maybe in the end you don't do it at all because it yeah. is, it's, it's burdensome
0: work. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it is. And I think it's interesting that we we have to realize that there isn't like a specific trajectory that we're all supposed to be on. I, I, I think that there's this very much idea that like, okay, the first thing I do is I start learning. The second thing I do is I get an Instagram. And then once I hit this milestone, then I, then I get my book deal or my podcast or whatever it is. And people think that this is the direction that they have to go in, that they have to go in the influencer direction, but like, you don't have to, you can go, you can, be like the secret town witch that works as a midwife or like whatever. Like it doesn't have to be, you, you don't have to follow the social media path, you know? No, no. Or
1: the Or the I, capitalistic path. Sorry, James. No, no,
2: no. You're good. Then that's right too. Like um, I'm reading Octavia Butler's uh, parable of the sower and Octavia Butler was a prophet. Like the way she writes is automatic writing because I'm like, this is stuff that's happening. like you don't even have to be like a reader. You don't even have to take on clients. You can use your gifts in so many different ways, but it takes listening to like your spirits and yourself and humbling yourself when it's like, okay, maybe you don't need to do this. Maybe you can pivot in this direction. Um, but yeah, it, that's funny that like, it, and it's, it's, it's human because you see somebody doing something, and you're like, "Oh, this must be the path to uh, go at this thing." But uh no, not necessarily, because there's so much that people aren't telling you, you know, in social media about their crafts, and even what they are telling you. Like, there's more behind that. So it's like, don't think that just because you see somebody doing something, because if somebody's doing something well, they're supposed to make it look easy if
0: if yeah that's that's just it mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely oh that's so good it's so good i'm loving all of this um th- this is a weird question but i i'm curious to to see what what you might have for us but what is what is something that you wish for the magical community Hmm. Oh, I hadn't thought about this. Um, That's a big open-ended one. (laughs) It could be something. That's a good one. They realize Um, or learn or or even wrap their brain around. I wish for the magical community for us to realize
2: our power, and that sounds so vague. But like, I think we think about the things that we can manifest within a capitalistic context of like, oh, I can, I can manifest. Two thousand dollars for my rent this month or i can manifest a new boyfriend or new lover or i can manifest a new car and we think about these things within the confines of our society but i think if we allow ourselves to step out of it sometimes and see ourselves as so much more than that it's powerful what we could get done Mm -hmm. um when we reimagine our abilities in just like this conversation before, like you don't have to be an Instagram, whatever. You don't have to, you don't even have to take on clients. But if you just think about like, you know, your power and what that could mean and just let your imagination run with that. And um, we we could really, oh, this is going to sound so cliche, but we could really change the world if we just reimagine, you know, I think about when people are getting in these like witch wars and like uh throwing work back at each other and I'm like <laughs> reimagine <laughs> your abilities and like you could literally just like you know all these common enemies that we have as like working class people like you know where just imagine where your weaponry could be charged at if you targeted it at the common enemies that we have I don't know Maybe, but like, we're a lot more powerful than we think. And it's just like, it's our, this community more than other communities, we should be tapping into that. And we have that, we just have that way of thinking that we can, we, we can, we can imagine a better world for ourselves. So I, that's what I just want to leave. I, that's what I wish for the community is for us to reimagine and put our work behind it. Mm,
0: mm -hmm. yeah it's beautiful yeah I think that that's so important too because you're right it's like everyone focuses like all their power on this sort of gimme gimme thing like oh I manifested ten thousand dollars in three days and like great Uh for you but what did that do what did that do to benefit the world like what did that do to I mean even benefit yourself it's like great you have that money now but like are you a better person because of it? Did this like, you know, like actually change actually doing the big things outside of that. Um, It kind of reminds me of something that was my biggest pet peeve is when we were having the black lives matter protests and we were suddenly seeing all of the like um, the like witches for black lives or whatever. And it's just a bunch of them showing up in the witchy costume holding signs and i'm like why are you not doing work around this why are you not do- casting spells to protect these protesters why are you not right. like actually doing the work and i feel like that's kind of a a, a smaller symbol of, of the bigger thing that we're seeing it's like okay you're playing witch but are we actually doing anything here like yeah. right
2: like there's so much more that can be done and it's like why are you mentally going at it in such a small box it's like we literally have the power to shift into different realities like you i don't know it's it's like we're working with forces that open up dimensions and it's like i'm gonna open up a dimension for me to be with her man like really that's what you're trying to work on okay no no shade no shade but like it's i i yeah 2021 is a is a very um Stuff's in our face, kind of year. Like the mm-hmm. stuff is in our face. The stuff that uh, could, you know, end humanity is in our face. Right. It's an apocalypse. Uh, it's the apocalypse. It
1: is. That's something that I've been ranting about recently on my social media channels. Is is reorienting our practice from this like yeah. self-serving, selfish place to perhaps maybe being of service to our yeah. community. And, and whatnot. that's an and easy
2: build-in. That's so, that's such a, sorry to cut you off, but that's no. such a, it's not like a huge shift and now you can only think about other people, but that's, that's a build-in. That's a thing that you can do within what you're doing, but sorry.
1: Oh no, no, that's awesome. Yeah, it it's just, it's really, um, you know, I, I talk a lot about capitalism on this podcast, but really it is capitalism creeping into our folk magic and witchcraft practices, um, that it's always give me, give me extract, extract, and not what we can give back and like give back to what, you know, what we have been freely given in, in sharing that.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. This is so good. I'm loving all of this too, but I do want to talk about um, a little bit about your work and the things that you offer too as well, because I've, I've followed you for a really long time and I'm not sure when you officially started offering um, like products and whatnot. Um, But I remember the first time I saw you post it and, and, and just thinking like, this is the truth. Like, I don't even have it yet, but I can just tell that this is, this is the real deal. Um, so, so what is kind of your, your business as the Conjure Cleaner and how can Conjure Cleaning change our lives here?
2: Yeah. Thank you. Um, I think I started, I started the business about three or four, four years ago, almost. Conjure Cleaning it started as me just going in people's homes and cleansing their homes. Um, I started doing it for friends because I've been doing it for myself for a long time. Uh, just like a, like pre history, I had a cleaning company in Los Angeles and I was literally cleaning people's houses and then had friends and hired people to like clean people's houses. And then I was like, I should do this spiritually. Like I should spiritually cleanse people's houses. And I started doing it for friends till I built up the confidence to like do it for the public. And then that happened around the time that it's just, It just so happened that it happened around the time where I was moving back home and that allowed me to reconnect my practice home. And, um, it, it helped me connect deeper to so many things that, you know, were ancestral and, um, home for me. And over that time I started making products because I just broke down the process of me cleansing people's homes and, uh, wanted to to have more things available because I couldn't always go in someone's home, and then during the pandemic, it just made more sense to make more products. Um, so that's what I do. I, I make oils and candles and sprays and all these sorts of things, and then some of the products have nothing to do with cleansing your home. Some of them are just things that I feel that the public needs. Um, and it's uh, it's just an ongoing process of whatever I feel that people need at this time, like have a restock coming up. And it's a lot of products to banish and get rid of shit because this summer has brought up, like we were saying before, a lot of, uh, vampiric and, uh, uh, scammer energy. Yeah. So, um, my site is conjurecleaning.com and that's where all my stuff is. And I do readings, but, um, I think I'm gonna hit the break button soon. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think I'm gonna hibernate this winter and just like
0: Mm -hmm. yeah feel that a lot of us are like it's time for some rest, some deep rest. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, definitely feeling that. That's what I'm gonna do this winter too
0: is hibernate, go into bear Mm -hmm. mode. Yes, yes. A little bit. Well, James, thank you so much for coming on. It was wonderful to get to speak to you and just know that you are welcome back here whenever you would like. Um, And we wish you the best of luck in everything that you do going forward. So thank you. Thank you you guys so much for having me. This this made my week. (laughs) This is fun.
1: Awesome. So glad to hear that. It was so great to chat with you, James. Alrighty, everyone. Check the show notes for James' information. You can find his website at theconjurecleaner.com, right? Conjurecleaning.com. Conjurecleaning.com. You'll find that in the show notes. And remember,
0: do witchcraft.
1: Do it. (laughs) Support for this podcast comes from our listeners. If you would like to support invoking witchcraft with a one time donation, please go to invokingwitchcraft.com backslash donate. Or if you'd like to become a premium listener, join the coven at invokingwitchcraft.com backslash coven. There you'll get access to our exclusive Facebook group for discussion and connection, as well as access to occasional workshops. We hope to see you there.